Hello, and welcome to Embassy City Church Podcast. This is a place where all people can experience the love of God through the Word of God. Our prayer is that you will be inspired and transformed. Thank you for joining us today. Repeat after me real, real loud. Today, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to me about the reason why I'm here. After today, I will know and fully understand that God brought me here in this season for a reason. So I will grow. I will grow. I will grow up in God's word so I can be equipped to do everything that he's called me to do. All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I want to read you uh, a passage in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, the 17th through the 21st verse. These uh, uh, verses really uh, encase the, the, the revelation that God gave me about Embassy City Church uh, back in 2013. And it is the reason why we do what we do the way that we do it. Here's what it says, starting from the 17th verse. This is Paul writing, talking about the revelation that we have in Jesus Christ. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Can I stop right there? That is like, that is like worth a celebration all by itself. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. Or like they say from where I'm from, gone. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. If you're taking notes on this message, uh, it's a very simple message uh, entitled The Reason Why We're Here. I want to talk to you about the reason why Embassy City Church is here. Bow your heads, let's pray over the word, shall we? Holy Spirit, give us the revelation on why we are here. Amen. I'm going to take you back to January of 2013 when I was in Sydney, Australia, minding my own business. The top floor of a great hotel overlooking a beautiful ocean uh, in uh, Cronulla is the name of the city that I was in, uh, in New South Wales. I was eating uh, the worst nachos I ever had in my entire life. I was 8,000 miles away from home. I saw something on the menu that resonated with me. I am from California, born and raised Southern California, uh, which means uh, uh, by default, uh, uh, I have Hispanic genes in my DNA. Uh, and so, 
¿Cómo estás? So, um, <laughs> as a result of that, uh, I, I look at the nachos, I'm like, yes, nachos, comfort food, give them to me. And then I had them, and what had happened was, I realized that if you're 8,000 miles away from home, you should call down to the kitchen to see who's making said nachos. The reason why I love telling this story is because it's against that backdrop that God started to talk to me about this church. I wasn't in my prayer closet. I wasn't in the war room. I wasn't on a 40-day fast asking for revelation. I was minding my own business trying to eat nachos. How many of you all know God will speak to you? In the most crazy times, at the traffic light, in the middle of your work day, in the shower, on the toilet. He'll speak to you anywhere. And I'm eating these very bad nachos. I'm trying to suffer my way through it. I don't like wasting money. And while I'm eating these bad nachos, the Holy Spirit says, out of nowhere, unprovoked, I'm not even thinking about church planning. The name of the church that you're going to plan is called Embassy. And I talk to the Holy Spirit out loud. Anybody beside me engage in conversations out loud with the Holy Spirit audibly, right? Some people might think you're crazy. Huh? No, no, not you. Him. Right? I'm talking to somebody else. So in between bites of nachos, I say, Embassy? I'm not even sure I like that name. To which the Holy Spirit responds, hey, Tim, embassy is not the name of your church. It's the name of mine. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> then I was like, that's the greatest name of all time. <laughs> oh, my God, Holy Spirit, you're amazing. I love your names. <laughs> Through the rest of uh, that year, the Holy Spirit just began to reveal different things to me about why the name was going to be Embassy. The passage of scripture that I just read was all the confirmation that I needed. That the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write the words that we would be Christ's ambassadors. That God would literally be making his appeal through us by telling people to come back to him. By the month of May, uh, I knew it was going to be in the state of Texas. I need you to understand that when we got ready to think about planting this church, uh, uh, the sky was the limit for me, and I had taken the parameters off of God as it related to where we were supposed to be. I want you to understand that we didn't choose this city because of uh, the school system or the, 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 the neighborhoods. God chose this city for us. We didn't choose it as a destination spot. He chose it as a place that he wanted his presence and his name to be felt and known. So in, in, in May, he said it's going to be in Texas. I'm like, okay, Texas is still big. And then he said it's going to be in Irving. Now, personally, Irving is my favorite city in the entire planet. 
I remember saying this to Pastor Robert when, when, I, when I finally shared it with him that, that I believe that God has called us to plant a church going to be in Irving, Texas, my favorite city. And he looked at me, and if you know Pastor Robert and how he talks, he says, Bud, I can think about 50 cities I like better than Irving. And in my mind, I said, because I wasn't ready to challenge him that much at, as of yet, I just said, you can, but I can't. This is the city that I proposed to Juliet in. This is the city that my children were born in. This is the city that I had my first apartment. This is the city that, that, that has given me so many firsts. So, so the fact that God loved this city as much as I love that city, I was like, oh, my God, you like it too? And I could not put my finger on why I love the city of Irving so much. But after the month of June, uh, uh, as we understood that it was going to be here, I'm a nerd. If you know anything about me, I'm a learner. I'm a researcher. I'm a nerd. I'm a strategist. So once he said that the city of Irving is where I want you to go, I decided to become the bootleg investigator on the city of Irving. I am going to find out everything about it. How was it formed? What was it called? What is the land? What is this area? And I started doing all this research and just started pouring in as much as I could and praying about it. And that's when I realized uh, why I had loved the city so much all of these years. I couldn't put my finger on it at the time. But, but after God said, this is where I want you to be, and I did my research, I found out uh, back in 2015, just three years prior to that, uh, uh, the zip code that this church is in uh, 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 was the most racially diverse zip code in the United States of America. Coming from California, born and raised Southern California, uh, everybody calls it a melting pot. I don't like that word melting pot. When you melt something, you can't discern what is what. I like salad. (laughs) It's not a melting pot. It's a salad. Don't you want your tomatoes to be tomatoes? Don't you want your cucumbers to be cucumbers? Don't you want your kale to be kale? Don't you want your cranberries to be cranberries? You don't want them melted together to the point that you can't see stuff, right? The diversity of this area is what intrinsically drew me to it. I had no idea, but that's what I was feeling every time I was in this city was, oh, it feels like home. Everybody's in the swimming pool. Everybody is here. There's so much diversity. There's some people that don't look like me, act like me, talk like me, walk like me. I love this city. I love this salad. You know what makes salads pop? Dressing. I'm like, Lord, what if we just got a church? And just got everybody that, 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 that loved you in the same room. And then you, Holy Spirit, just put your dressing on top of everybody. I think the salad would pop. I don't want to be in a church that we don't know. We don't see color. You better see. <laughs> or you are colorblind. And they have special glasses for you now. So you don't even have an excuse. Get a GoFundMe page. You can get this. I don't want to be in a, in, in, in a church where we don't see color. I, I, I want to be in a church where we celebrate diversity, but we all find our identity in Jesus Christ. That is the burden of my heart. So he tells us to plant this church, and we plant this church, and as we plant this church, I, I didn't know. I had no clue. I didn't know y'all would show up. 
Has the Lord ever told you to do something and you were like, okay, I'll do it, but I don't know who's coming. Anybody beside me, God ever told you to do something and you were like, nobody's going to. So we plant the church and everybody thought, oh, this is going to be a shoe in. Tim, you were at these two great churches in the Metroplex for years. And, and when you plant your church, oh, it's just going to blow up. And I was like, yeah, no, that's not how it works. A lot of people love you as a guest. They may not particularly love you as their pastor. They, they, they love you in spurts. Yay, Tim. I like him once a year. He's, he has an awesome message once a year. I've never listened to that guy every day. God tells us to plant this church, and we're like, okay, Lord, we're going to, all right, here we go. And, and we planted the church. Our first service, there were 1,297 people here at our first service at a high school across the street from the Four Seasons. And I remember the staff being so excited. Oh, my goodness. We're going to have to go to three services. I was like, no, we won't. Just wait. It's the first service. A lot of people showed up to say, yay. Some other people showed up to say, hey. Some people walked away and said, nay. So in eight weeks, our church grew down to about 500. We were in that high school for six months before moving into this building as leases. We moved into this building as leases. And 500 went to about 280. Now, this would crush the hopes and the dreams of most church planners. What, what, what am I doing wrong? We, we had 1,200 and now we have 250? I need to quit. Except when God gives you a word, you just stay faithful for what he's telling you to do. We moved into that building in April of 2016, and uh, miraculously, six months later, we were in a position to buy the building. Gateway gave us $2.5 million, and we went down to the Dallas courthouse steps and bought this building. We came back to Sundays. We were meeting on Saturdays at 5 p.m., we came back to Sundays in January of 2017 with a 10 a.m. service. In January of 2018, we went to two services, 9 and 11. And in January of 19, we went to three services, 9, 11, and 1. And every single year, the church has basically doubled. There's a reason why we're here. We're here because God gave us a word. And no matter where you stepped on to the bus in our journey, there's a reason why he wants you here for this season. I just want to give you three points to this message. They're super simple points. You know me. I just want to give you the reminder of why we're here. Because a lot of times we can allow, I'm going to use a big word, the vicissitudes of life. Yeah. <laughs> Look that one up. V-I-sissitudes. <laughs> I can spell it. I just have to think, and I don't have time for that right now. Um, the changes of life, the ebbs and flows of life, if you're serving here, the, 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 the things that uh, we've been called to do in the way that God has called 
Embassy City to do it, can get your mind off of the reason. This is how divorces happen. Because we get our mind off the reason why we got together in the first place. It wasn't about this money. It wasn't about these kids. It wasn't about this house. It was about the love that we shared. I, I want to bring us back to today the reason why we are here. Not to hype you about, here's what's going to happen in the next year. Because I told you, we're going right back to what we were doing last Sunday. You better pet that goat now. <laughs> we brought Billy today. Billy ain't going to be here next week. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What is wrong with me? Okay, point number one, please write this down. Something is wrong with me. Point number one, please write this down. We're here to bring a message. That's why we're here. We are here to bring a message. Devontae, in his oversight, uh, talked about the fact that you drove past 200 other churches to get here. Well, well Tim, why, did you, why do we need another church? Isn't everybody bringing a message? Absolutely. But nobody ever asked a question about why new restaurants opening. Just let that marinate right there. <laughs> Hit my pose. Nobody's like, another burger place? Everybody's like, let me try their fries. What is that? It's a fry. Why do we need more churches? Because God needs to reach more people. And there's somebody at Shaken Shack that's never going to In-N-Out. And somebody at In-N-Out that's never going to Wendy's because that's a square patty and it's confusing. <laughs> you can't mash up and get a square. Y'all playing with stuff that should have been put in the toy box a long time ago, Wendy. Why are we here? We're here to bring a message. And God's given us a unique way to bring that message that's going to draw some people here that will never go to the other 200 churches they passed. Let me give you what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 19. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. That's our assignment here. We are in this embassy functioning as ambassadors to bring a message to the world. Come back to God. Everything we do and the way that we do it, our words and our deeds are all a message compelling people to come back to God. And we give that message to everybody. We do not discriminate in who that message goes out to. The message of Jesus Christ is promiscuous. It will get with anybody. God's grace is promiscuous. It will get with absolutely anybody. People that you think are nefarious and scandalous, God's grace is waiting for an opportunity to invade their lives and bring them into a loving relationship with himself. It will get with anybody, his grace. You may not want it to go to everybody, but it will go to everybody. 
Come back to God. That's the message. It's a simple message. We try to communicate it in different ways. We saw on the uh, screens that, that, that since 2015, we've given away over, over $700,000. Can we just give God praise? In missions, in benevolence, in other church planting endeavors, advancing the kingdom of God, for this church to be this young and have given away that much money, that is something to celebrate. Y'all are some faithful givers. And we're able to advance the kingdom because as a result of that, we're here to bring the message. The message is very simple. God loves you. Come back to him. If you're already close to God, get closer. If you're far from God, take one step towards him. Come back to God. It's a simple message. And that's the message that we give every single weekend. And all throughout the week, we're equipping ambassadors in the embassy to go outside of the embassy and give this message to the world. I want you to understand something about how embassies work. An embassy is a uh, sovereign state or nation on foreign soil sent to be the representation of that state or sovereign to a foreign entity. And so the U.S. ambassador to China uh, uh, is there to establish diplo uh, diplomatic relations with the foreign minister of China. If that U.S. Uh, 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 ambassador were to stay in his or her embassy, they would get fired. If we as the church only gathered here but never took the message out there, we should be fired. Because the very nature of an ambassador is to go out amongst those that are not like them to represent their home country. And as ambassadors, we get equipped on the weekends so we can walk out of this embassy and represent heaven on earth to everyone that we come into contact with. There should be something different about us that people just scratch their head and go, this, I, I don't, you're so happy all the time. I don't, I just don't like you. Why are you so jipper? Why do you have, why do you have such peace when everybody else is in chaos? Well, it's just the country. I come from, you know, the king gives us some words. What, 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 what country are you from? You American. Yeah, yeah, I have dual citizenship, though. I am an American, but, but also I'm also a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. So I get to kind of flow in both. And if, if push came to shove, the, I'm defaulting to my home country, which is because I'm getting out of here at some point. You can put my body in this ground, but I'm going to live eternally with him. It's a message that we get to give, and the way we give that message is by simply telling them that God loves you, and he would love a relationship with you. Which brings me to point number two, the reason why we're here. We're here to bring love. We are here to bring love. Hug time is one of my favorite aspects of our weekend experience. Some people have been awfully put off by it. We've had some OCD people that have just been like, no, 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 no. 
I do not hug. We have had people violate people's personal space. We tried to warn them. They didn't listen. We told them it's hug time. People have made up in their mind. I will not be hugged. And they put their feet firmly in the ground and stuck their hand out. And the person just did a swim move around it and hugged them anyway. And they were like this. You ever hug somebody that didn't hug you back? They were like, mm-hmm, okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for showing the love of Jesus. I didn't want it that much, but appreciate your life. We hug people around here. We, we, <laughs> we got ready to hug uh, 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 an individual. Uh, recently, and they actually had a panic attack. That's not funny. They ran out and then was like, I need to go back in there. I mean, it was just love sometimes will bring out stuff in you that you didn't even know was there. And if you've been through trauma, I can understand why a hug might not feel like love. But this is a safe space that we're creating for you to get over trauma. Hugs release something in your brain that you don't even know you need until after you get it. I hug people everywhere. I went to, I had to go get new frames because I cracked my old ones at Warby Parker. I walked in, they finally put a Warby Parker in South Lake. I don't have to drive to like West Plano or North Park or whatever. I don't like those areas. If you live over there, I don't, it's not you, it's just the area. So they put one in South Lake, and I, and, I, and, I, and I walked into the Warby Park, and they were like, hey, how may I help you? And I was like, bring it in. Come, come. And the guy was, I didn't move. The guy was drawn to me like a magnet. He was just walking toward me like. He said, yeah, buddy, yeah. Yeah, you like that, don't you? Yeah. So glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. He was like, well, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> And, and then the person behind the counter was like, well, you ain't going to leave me out. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Hugs are infectious, I promise you. Let me give you scripture for this. John chapter number 13, 34. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. This isn't red. It's not red on the screen, but it's red in your book. Jesus said, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Period. I love the fact that there's a period there. This wasn't, this wasn't contingent. It didn't say parenthetically unless they have a bad attitude. Parenthetically unless they have a different theological stance than you do. Parenthetically unless they were from a different denomination as you. A, 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 a different ethnicity than you. It said love each other, period. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Not how great you preach. Not how good the worship might be. Not, not, not your, 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 your financial, personal wealth. He said, here's how people are going to know that you're my disciples. When they see you loving on each other the way you do, they're going to be like, no, this is something different. Because the world is not, the world doesn't do this. This is, the world's too cynical for this. The fact, who are these people hugging everybody? This is crazy. People have literally walked away and said, I'm never coming back to that church. They hug too much. I had a friend uh, uh, when we first started the church back in uh, 2015. He came to be a secret shopper for me for the weekend. 
And he said to me at the end of it, man, 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 the service was great. He said, hey, man, but you, you might want to tell your greeters to calm down. He said, I, I, I only think there's 18 feet from the front door to the worship sanctuary. I got hugged eight times. I'm just saying some people might not like that. You might want to tell them to ease up. I said, they hugged, they hugged you eight times before you got to the sanctuary? He was like, yeah, you might want to tell them to stop. I was like, uh-uh. I'm about to tell them to turn up. Like, like I was so happy. Do you know how many people walk through their life feeling unseen, unheard? We don't even make eye contact when we walk down the street anymore. You ever had that awkward, like somebody see you, like y'all connect eyes like a long way away, and then you're like planning in your mind, I'll say what's up. Or I'll do the, I'll do the up thing. He looks like an uphead, not a... Uh, that guy's older. I'll give him the. All this happens in a fraction of a second. And then right when you walk past each other, you're like, good morning. And it's like afternoon. You're like, oh, my goodness. I messed that up. Should have just did the head nod like I thought. It's always awkward. You get in the elevator. One floor. And all of a sudden, we act like human interaction it's something that, that we can't do from prehistoric times. We get in the elevator. <laughs> Boom. Have a good day. Right. Let's get back into loving people. Let's get back to recognizing people. Let's get back to, to, to treating people the way that they need to be treated. We need to love on them. And not just the ones you like. Love the ones that are kind of unlikable. Because they don't know what to do with it. Those are the, I love loving on people that don't like me. Ooh, it's so good to me. It's gotten to like a sport. I'll find out they don't like me. Oh, I'm hugging them. And it's, and it's wildly, I love doing it in Christian circles. Because they have to be fake. Like, I already know you don't like me. I'm like, hey, how you doing? They're like, oh, my God, so good to see you. I'm like, you know you don't like me. But I love you. Here's how, here's how we're going to know that we're disciples of Jesus. Because we love each other. Point number three, please write this down. We're here to bring hope. Y'all, real simple. This, this, these are the reasons why we're here. We're here to bring a message. We're here to bring love, and we are here to bring hope. People still need hope. They still need to be reminded of the hope of our salvation. Atheists need it. Agnostics need it. People that have been hurt by church need it. They still need to be reminded that Jesus Christ is Lord. God raised him from the dead. And that there is a future that he has for you that is better than the present you have right now. Here's what it says in 1 Peter chapter number 3, verse number 15. Instead, you must worship Christ 
as Lord of your life. I love this part. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. I love this. Listen, listen, you should be ready to explain the hope of your salvation to anyone that asks. Now, now listen, I'm a literalist, and so I love the way that verse reads. Be ready to explain your hope. You don't have to debate it. You don't have to get in an argument with anybody. Just be ready to explain your hope. Anytime somebody asks me, oh, you, you believe in Jesus, you, you know, those awkward plane rides when somebody just asks too many questions, I can't, ooh. When I get on a plane, I'm not trying to be an evangelist on a plane. What I'm trying to do is sleep. That's why I get on the plane. The, the hum of that engine knocks me out. Juliet hates it. But, but I can just, I can go to sleep sitting straight up. The, the, it doesn't need to recline. I don't need a neck pillow. I will get on the plane and be like, mm. And not wake up until, and I'll be like, oh. When I'm, on a, when I'm on a plane with Juliet, she just looks over and she goes, I can't stand you. She spent two hours trying to get comfortable, and I just, mm. But inevitably, you get uh, on a plane with somebody that wants to be chatty, and they ask you the questions. You try to answer them very, very generically so that you can, mm. But then they don't take generic questions for uh, generic answers, uh, you, you know, hey, how you doing? Fine. Where are you going? Same place you're going. <laughs> Your ticket says LAX, my ticket says LAX. We going, we going to Cali. We going to land in the same place. What do you do? You do about what? <laughs> You're going to get it. Uh, I talk to people. About what? About God. Really? Oh, so you're like a pastor or something. I'm like, what does this mean? What is, do, we do, do we do that? Do you, you see people that do this? Like, but, you know, you're a pastor, so. I'm like, well, what does that mean to you? Well, you know, I'm not really religious, grew up Catholic, and, you know, when, but. Well, let me explain my hope this way. Uh, grew up in a loving home. It didn't uh, shield me from experiencing sexual abuse at the age of eight. I got exposed to pornography when I was 12. I had low self-esteem. I was a very insecure person. When I was 19 years old, I was sitting in the back of a church minding my own business. And without a sermon being preached, an offering being raised, the Holy Spirit convicted me of my sins. And I gave my life to Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I've been walking with him at this point 23 years. Oh, wow, that's good for you. It'd be good for you, too. Well, I'm just not really into religion. Neither am I. What? Yeah, I, I can't stand religion. 
I like relationships better. They, they work way better than religion. My wife and I have a date night on Fridays, but I don't make a religion out of it. If we don't go out, we're not getting a divorce. Religions put the rules in front of the relationships. Relationships are what makes religious experiences beautiful. You're kind of different than like most other pastors. <laughs> and it's like, well, then maybe I'm not a pastor. <laughs> I don't know if you want to receive Jesus or not. That's going to be on you. But is there anything I could be praying with you about? And then stuff gets real. All I did was explain my hope. I didn't get into an argument. If you don't receive Jesus before this plane lands, <laughs> you're going to bust hell wide open. <laughs> Yo, I didn't just make that up. Somebody told me that when I was 18 years old. They told me I, I was going to do it. <laughs> Out of all the humans on earth, I'm going wide, because wide, oh, it ain't wide enough. I'm going to bust it. Wow. <laughs> we're here for we're here for a reason. You 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 might be here for the next three weeks. I don't know. Come Grow Go is one of our big deals here. We want people to come, that's evangelistic. We want people to grow, that's discipleship. We want people to go, that's apostolic. We believe in sending people into their destiny. I have uh, no uh, uh, preconceived ideas that people that uh, join this church are going to be here for 20 years. But for the season you are here, get this. Get this reason. Let this reason shape your message. Let it shape your love. Let it inform your hope. And I believe by doing so, ladies and gentlemen, we will continue to upset the world with the message, the love, and the hope of Jesus Christ. It's the reason why we're here. Happy anniversary. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you would like more information on our church, please go to www.embassycity.com. We would love to hear from you. Our prayer is that you have been inspired and transformed. Have a wonderful day and come back again.